Well, thank you very much. Yes, they often say the biggest stars come out on the biggest stages. This is no different. The NFL is in town, and this is one of the biggest men I've seen here, Tyson Fury. Uh, you, what do you make of all this, first of all? Absolutely fantastic, isn't it? I've never, ever been to a live NFL game before, so first time. I'm excited about it. You, you spent some time with Todd Gurley and the LA Rams in the summer. Yeah, Sunday. I did. Uh, I was there, met Sean McVeigh and Todd Gurley and all the boys at the LA Rams at the training centre in Los Angeles uh, this last year, I think. Oh, this year, early this year, yeah. Yeah, so I'm coming here today, show some support. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, Rams! You're firmly on board with the Rams then today. I'm on board with the Rams, 100%. Now, what, what about you? Because you, you've been making waves across the pond there in the States, WWE. You're going to be in Saudi Arabia, taking yeah. on Braun Strowman in the Crown Jewel event. Tell us a bit about that. Tyson Fury's taking over. World world domination. It's uh, It's been going good. I've been having a good time um, traveling around the world. Uh, promoting this fight with Braun Strowman, Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel, 31st of October. We're going to be there representing the United Kingdom. And those guys are fit as well, aren't they? Oh, big guys, you know, strong guys, massive. He is the monster among men. But who's taller, you or Braun? Uh, me, I'm taller than Braun, but he's heavy. He's 280 pounds, 380 pounds. And how's, how's that going to pan out? Tell us, give us a sneak preview. Mm, you know, Braun Strowman's the monster among men, but... I'm the Slayer. He hasn't met Tyson Fury He yet. hasn't met the Gypsy King yet, that's for sure. And, and what about the Gypsy King? It's been a, a few months now since we last saw you in the ring. Is there another fight in the offing even? Um, who knows? I've got something big coming up. After this, even more bigger than this. Even bigger than this? Yeah. We might see Tyson Fury uh, have his MMA debut this year too. Really? Yeah. That's a... That's a different world altogether. It's different, but like I say, Tyson Fury uh, taking over. Is that through talking to Conor McGregor or anyone like that? Yeah, I've been speaking to Conor about it and he's willing to train me and uh, it's going to be good. How, how different does your mindset have to be to take on something like the world of MMA because those guys are locked in? Yeah, but I, I, I come from a long line of bare knuckle boxing champions. Getting hurt, getting blood. You saw me last fight, blood everywhere. Nothing new to me all a part of my heritage and upbringing so I'd love to get in there and smash someone up and what's Connor said to you about it he just said anytime you're ready when you get the time let's go come over to Dublin and we'll start training so can't wait gonna take him up on the offer and we're gonna get he's get announced out. he's coming out of retirement as well soon will you yeah. be over there for that fight? Who, who knows who knows we might be on a double header the Gypsy King and Conor McGregor watch this space hey that even rhymes doesn't it double header Gypsy King Conor McGregor there are professions galore waiting for you, Tyson Fury. Who knows? Who knows? Enjoy today's game, and much. we look forward to seeing you in a few, few weeks over in Saudi Arabia. And then, who knows? All the best. Tune in. You heard it from the man himself. Keep him locked here. Tune in. So here we are talking to Tyson Fury. Fantastic. I'm just having a sleep, so don't mind me. <laughs> a man who's been selling his fight with Braun Strowman in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Like oh, hi, Rob. You didn't realise it was Nice to see you. We do. But it was a different Rob. Sorry. Well, this lovely voice. You should yeah. be used to it. Yeah. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Feel fit and well and, and health, healthy and happy. So. I mean, you look brilliant. I know you've had a lot of makeup over the last 16 million media appearances. You've yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. Full of makeup right now, actually, as well. well it looks good for you. Thank you. Um, last time I saw you, there was a huge gaping hole in your head. Yes. Uh, How's that doing? Which is now healing up nice, yeah, and, it's nice good. and tight. Yeah. And I'm told 100 days and it'll be fine. It's been 40 days, so 60 days left, two more months. A bit of time out of the uh, spotlight. And you couldn't resist. No, definitely not. <laughs> had to do it, didn't I? Had to be that person who crossed over from World Championship Boxing to WWE, top of the building. Saudi Arabia at the Crown Jewel. Does it get any better than that? It was 
with you, it's a bit of a thing. It's like fate, isn't it? It was, it was only a matter of time until you yeah. ended up there. You're six yeah. foot nine, loud mouth, yeah. in a nice way. Uh, you were always going to end up there, weren't you? Cheers, Rob. Appreciate <laughs> that. Oh, big mouth over here. Oh, big mouth over here, yeah. <laughs> so you went there with your family. By the way, that new uh, Tyson Fury scenes is amazing as well. Uh, Did well, you do that? Uh, I, I'm a part of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you went there with the family, and you were saying, uh, I think you actually said on, on Raw when you were doing your um, bit in the ring with Brum, that you went to see him, and that he's Prince's favourite wrestler. Yeah. And now you're fighting him. How, how does Prince feel about the fact that you're taking his... Prince his, is pretty scared because Prince has saw Bron tip over an 18-wheeler truck. And he's pretty scared. Yeah. But I've told him I'm going to kick his ass, he bass. So he's definitely supporting you then. So he's no, definitely supporting me. Just, just. He's not turning up in his Braun Strowman shirt. No. <laughs> it's like my dad going to West Ham and like starting a fight on Mark Noble. I don't know how I'd feel. I'd say, I'd probably have to go with Nobes, to be honest. <laughs> How has it been for you as well? The, the world of WWE, I, I know you've been doing relentless media stuff, private jets with Triple H, everything like that. Yeah. How does it feel in terms of just like the global reach of WWE compared to boxing? Because boxing is huge. And when you've got a huge fight, it really feels massive. But this, it's just around the world, isn't it? It's a massive, massive sport around the world. And great to be a part of it, you know. It's, uh, it's been a great opportunity. I took it with both hands. Um, one minute I'm at home in Morecambe having a cup of tea and a cheese sandwich and the next minute I'm in Los Angeles at the Staples Centre walking down the blue carpet with all the wrestling stars so quite a change for sure and obviously that entails lots of training as well I know you've been down the Performance Centre in uh, Orlando yeah. there's one here in London as well how was the first I think they call it a bump right the first time you take a take a, take a hit first time I took a bump was, was mad and the last time I took a bump was mad too never gets any better Taking a bump's taking a bump. Most unnatural thing you'll ever do. Fall backwards and don't protect yourself. <laughs> Just hit the floor full full power. Yeah. Boom. And you've not got used to it yet. <laughs> I never get used to it. I don't want to get used to it. Is it, it? It must be crazy. Someone who's trained in boxing your entire life. Yeah. To then go into someone else's world and train like that. And right? the thing is, in boxing, is don't go down. You don't go down. Ever go down. And then this is like, go down, go down, go down, go down. Take a bump, take a bump, take a bump. It's like, ah, no more going down for me. <laughs> you're, out in, uh, you're out in the States again. Familiar territory for you. You're, you're basically a, a US local now, aren't you? I'm you're a US there. citizen, I don't know. So, yeah, I've got a massive US visa. And, uh, yeah, been there for a long time. Is there huge pressure on you to, to deliver, like, the Tyson Fury show? No, there's not pressure to be myself, that's for sure. You know, it's just a Tyson Fury roadshow. No matter if it's wrestling, no matter if it's boxing, MMA, kickboxing, football, whatever I do, I make my own. And there's no pressure on, on delivering entertainment because that's my middle name, Tyson Entertainment Fury. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an event, spectacle to say the least. I'm not worried at all. 45,000 sellout, millions are going to be watching around the world. Great, great time to showcase my personality and my charisma. Speaking of charisma, there's a lot of uh, a lot of loud, fairly intimidating blokes backstage at the WWE. I've there seen you've had photos with most of them. Yes, photo hogger. And you've met, of course, Vince McMahon, who everyone is intimidated by, but you are six foot nine and and probably... I think he's a lovely guy and very welcoming and very nice person. So yeah. And he and he didn't try and you know flex his muscles near. He didn't try and scare you. No, not that I'm aware. Maybe he did, but maybe I was that jet lagged. I didn't even see him do it. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of travelling around from one place to the next and a 
lot of commitment to that so it's been a tough October but it's going to be worth it at the end of it when I've uh, won my fight and when I'm back in Morecambe Bay having a cheese sandwich and a cup of tea I can pick off where I left off <laughs> from that phone call and remind me don't answer any more phone calls because you never know what job's coming up next <laughs> <laughs> you're not even the first Tyson to do it you're not even the first boxing Tyson to do it you, that's right you met Mike Tyson before the Wallin fight didn't you you went to his uh, went to his ranch to his podcast, podcast yeah. did he have a word with you about this no, I, did, I didn't, uh, we didn't know about this beforehand. But the thing is, is Mike Tyson never actually wrestled in, in WWF. He just punched um, Shawn Michaels and had a little shouting match with um, Stone Cold. This is actually a real wrestling match between two, you know, proper ones. So. And you were hanging out with Floyd the other week, I saw that on your Instagram. He actually has had the wrestling match against Big Show. He has, yeah. Um, I was hanging out with Floyd and Josie Parker as well. Um, having, having something to eat and a couple of drinks, it was good. It was good, and before that, before I went there, I was chilling out with um, Ric Flair and Roman Reigns in the bar having a beer, but like, does it get any better than that? Crazy. <laughs> I mean, just think where it was, what, 18 months ago, we were in Manchester before the uh, Sepa Sefri fight. Yeah. And, then, and now you're hobnobbing with the, with the celebs, parting with Ric Flair. Hobnobbing with the big knobs. Exactly. That's that, I think that's what they call it, right? That should yeah. be the real name of your autobiography. <laughs> Part of your, you know, the whole show, when people come and watch a Tyson Fury boxing match, they love the, uh, you know, they love the entrance and everything like that. Yeah. How is it doing the entrance of the Titantron? Because you don't get your, your Furies on Fire music anymore. Why? But you do have the lights, right? Why don't I have Furies on Fire? Well, I think you have to have a conversation with Vince about that, don't you? I'll have the Furies on Fire. Vince will have to get his money out and pay for the rights. <laughs> That's for sure. Are you just gonna like take a what like a USB stick over to the geezer doing the music? Yeah. And make sure it's too on. right, too right. It wouldn't be a Tyson Fury fight, would it? If I never had Furies on fire. Have you got a catchphrase yet? I haven't got a catchphrase. I'm not. I'm not. You, I mean, you do. In, yes. In like of course I life. do. I actually own a catchphrase, and it's called "You Big Dosser." That's yeah. mine. Is that trademark now? Yes. Yes. Because I saw that on your T-shirt uh, when you when you ran into the ring in uh, SmackDown on SmackDown a few weeks back. You had the, no, you were wearing the suit then because I couldn't believe the trousers didn't split. Yeah. Then on the Monday Night Raw, you had the big Dosser shirt on. Yeah. And I thought, how on earth am I sitting here watching WWE, which goes to the whole world, all around every corner of the world, and there's a great big you big Dosser shirt. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Just kind of seeing. It do, is. do you ever pinch yourself when you see yourself on it? No, I don't pinch myself because I know I'm living reality, living the dream. What do they call it now? Living the best life, is it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what that's the kids, a new slogan. The bang, say, isn't it? Yeah, you know. How old are you, Rob? Uh, old enough that I can't keep up with what the kids say. <laughs> yeah, I'm living my best life. Still busting the suits as well. It's still how, going on. How didn't the suit? It was a smoking gun one, wasn't it? When you and it was up. tight. Trust me. I it know it was tight. tight. I thought was, my rear end was, was going to pop out. To be jumping over the barrier in that. And to make the best of it, I had no pants on underneath either. <laughs> How's Paris feel about uh, the, the new adventure? She thought you got your back for a little break because the, the Wilder fight isn't scheduled till you know what? I February made it up. 22nd. She wasn't too happy, but I made it up with because I took them all with me. And they stayed at Disneyland for uh, three weeks while I was travelling around doing, doing work. So it's not all bad. A decent compromise. Decent compromise. Although they never got any time with me at all. One day, Sunday, one, one Sunday, that was it. Yeah. The rest of the time I was on a plane going up and down the country which is a big old country. You can fly yeah. five hours in one way and six hours the next. Yeah. Different time zones in the same country. Mad. All right when you've got a private jet, though. Yeah, plane. not too bad, yeah. Do you think, uh, think Wilder's going to be there for any of them? Any of your wrestling appearances? Um, no, because Wilder's got his own fight to deal with um, 
Ortiz, mm. and they were training for that. So I don't think he's going to be in Saudi Arabia, that's for sure. Do you reckon you'll go to the Vegas one? You could do another Braun Strowman, but with, with Wilder in Vegas. I might do, see what I'm doing on that weekend, but who knows? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. I might do, but i got a lot of stuff going on, so I do need time to recover and rest. Mm. And there's a time when that phone's going in the bin and no one will be able to contact me at all. Yeah. I'll just put myself away in the woods somewhere in a log cabin and switch off. There'll be no phone, no emails, no no nothing, no outside world. And I'll have, I'll have four or five weeks of that. And then I'll uh, return to the reality of life and the pressures and everything else that goes with it. Do you reckon your, your boxing rivals, Wilder or AJ, do you reckon either of them can hack it in the WWE? No, they haven't got the personality for it. All right, well, we've uh, when, when we first saw you there on WWE, we couldn't resist but post out a, a tweet saying... What do you think Tyson's finishing move will be called? Because you've got to have one of them now. Yeah, I know what it'd be called. The Big Dosser. Well, I've got a, I've got a list of them here. I want you to try and describe them for me. Go on so on. the Big Dos Toss, what would that be? No idea, but skip that one. <laughs> Fist of Fury? Yeah, that'd be the big wind up, roll up, bang. The Dosser Drop? Dosser Drop, grab them by the head, drop them on the face. The Gypsy's Kiss? Gypsy's Kiss would be a... Um, no, it wouldn't. It'd be a, a rear naked kick to the face. <laughs> and then the clothes lineal. The clothes lineal. Nice. Yeah. Clothes like lineal would be closing the show with a big right hand lineal style. And then the last one, the big stiff idiot. <laughs> that would be what Braun is when he clip when I clip him with a left hook up the temple. <laughs> a big stiff idiot, yes. <laughs> That's the finishing move. Yeah. That's a vintage Tyson Fury line, isn't it? It is. That's, that's from the, the good old days. The stiff idiot. That's what we're going for. Yeah, I'm going for the big stiff idiot finish. Perfect. Love it. See you well, mate. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next Thursday doing your thing in the WWE ring. Muchas gracias, señor. Top man. Au revoir. Au revoir. Coogan Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global, with the O2 Arena here for another pay-per-view show here at the O2. We love them, don't we? We love them. I mean, as long as everyone else loves them, it's a great night. I can't wait for the boxing, never mind anything else. I'm, I'd rather be here. How's life in general? Oh, it's good. Frighteningly good, really. Uh, I'm sure it'll all go tits up at the end, but uh, at the moment, I'm really enjoying my life, so it's a pleasure coming to boxing with none of the stress. Just as a fan, it's lovely. Absolutely. I do want to ask you about, um, obviously, December 7th is quickly approaching. Um, it's going to be some kind of occasion, and there's a lot on, on the line here for quite a lot of people. Well, there's a huge amount of line for the fighters first, obviously. Joshua Rears is, uh, from a fight that we thought was, you know, a standard defence that, that turned out to be anything but, now we've got one of the biggest fights for, for I don't know how long, for a long, long time. Also, from the other side, the first major fight of this stature in Riyadh, you know, in Saudi Arabia, uh, raises a whole load of question marks over staging and logistics and the ability to cope with a big crowd. But one thing you do know is there won't be a stone left unturned to turn this into an extravaganza, both from the undercard perspective, which I'm sure Eddie will be producing something very special, but the staging and the whole atmosphere of the event there's a whole country wanting to showcase their country and they're going to do it very well, I'm sure. Uh, for the fighters, 
well, you know, it's just a colossal fight, isn't it? You know, mm. Ruiz changed his life in one night, which is what boxing can do for you. He has a chance to cement that. Joshua has a chance of redemption and to go on, as a lot of other great fighters have gone on, Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, you know, after a major setback to show they've got the character and the ability to bounce back. So it's a, on several different levels, it's a fascinating night. Two questions in one here, Barry. Do you, are you 100% convinced that Joshua will win this rematch? And if things don't go Joshua's way, what, what does he do? Well, I'm not 100% convinced because um, I was 100% convinced last time and I got it wrong and I knew that uh, I knew that Ruiz could fight and I've seen enough of him I know enough about him to say I knew he was going to be better than he looked uh, now the question is it's quite unusual for a rematch to happen so quickly but contractually there was no there was no way out if we wanted to exercise the option and sometimes a fighter wants to bounce back and say I made some basic errors which I can put right but the fact is that any sporting event, if you know the outcome, is less of an interesting sporting event. So we thought we knew the outcome. In we the thought first we fight. did, and you know, and complacency is a killer. And I'm not saying Joshua was complacent. I, I personally think Joshua went out to look fantastic and walked onto one, and his plans went out the window. But that's all finished now. We can't change the past. He has an opportunity now to, to learn from that and go out and box. But I can't tell you I'm 100. percent I don't think it's a 100% chance that Joshua wins again because I, th I think boxing is never 100% anyway. And this fight, because of what happened last time, poses a lot of questions on regroup, re re refocusing and trying to learn where it went wrong and work out a way of how you get it right this time. If it doesn't go his way though, what does he do? Um, there's lots of things to do. You know, you retire. Um, but is that the first portal call for him? No, I don't think so. I think him as a fighter, I think... Uh, you, you, you try and look in a crystal ball. If it didn't go well for him, sensible long break and come back in a massive fight because Joshua is massive and commercially he's a huge draw. Him against Fury or Wilder would still be a massive, massive fight. Him against almost anyone after a, a return, after a decent absence. Um, I think the more interesting one is what does he do when he wins? You know, because that opens the whole can of worms. Now, all of a sudden, you've got some new friends, some new territories. We've had half the Middle East say, why didn't we get the chance to bid for this fight? Yeah. Um, so there's, there's an awful lot of opportunities for him. I think there is, it, the question would only come, the answer can only really come from Joshua. What happens if, and it's certainly not a question to be asked now. Mm. Uh, I think he's, my gut feeling is that he would want to box on after a break and learn because still a very relatively short professional career in the bigger picture. Mm. Just 22 fights or whatever, so there's time. But the interesting one for me is, yeah, plan B was always there, but plan A is the, is the plan we're going for. And plan A is to win the fight. Win the fight almost as a shutout win the fight, because I think technically he has the ability to do exactly that. And maybe not the quick finish that he was looking for yeah. to look so explosive on the wake of uh, Deontay Wilder's big win against Brazil. I think he was first time in New York, got to look great, yeah. see the man down, finish the job, walk onto one, end of story. Sort of potted history of the fight. Now he's got a chance to refocus, regroup, do the job properly. Mm. And doing the job properly against a Mexican, tough guy, 
and a good fighter like Andy Ruiz is means you've got to beat him up over a period of time and finish him at the appropriate time. Mm. Sounds easy from where we sit, but should he do that, of course he comes out as an even bigger sports personality mm. than he was pre the first Ruiz fight. Mm. And that's the most likely outcome in my mind, although I don't believe it's 100% certainty. Now, 12 months ago, Saudi Arabia wasn't really on the, the lips of that many people in boxing. Now, they're getting Tyson Fury in the WWE next yeah, week yeah. and also into Joshua. You wouldn't have it's seen a little, that. It's a bit deeper than that if you look into it. I mean, I think the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia have made a constant decision to involve themselves in professional sport. Mm. Boxing is a professional sport, there's only one. When you look at what they've done, you know, with the European Golf Tour, we're doing lots of other things with them on other, other sporting activities throughout Saudi Arabia. I think they're making a very positive statement that they want to do something in sport, and boxing clearly is something that really excites them. Hence their involvement from Callum Smith and George Groves through to Tyson Fury, WWE, and now the big one on the 7th of December, Joshua Ruiz. What do you think about Tyson Fury going into the WWE? I think mean, he's great if he yeah. enjoys it. I mean, it's look, it's one, one side's a bit of fun. Yeah. The one thing you cannot avoid is it's unbelievably great publicity. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Fury, as, as a lot of fighters, boxing is not that big in America. It's gaining momentum, but it's not the glory days of yesteryear. So Tyson Fury is making himself famous, and he'll do well by it. And he'll nick a nice few quid along the way. And I think he's got a smile on his face, and he looks in a good place. I say good luck to the boy. Absolutely. You'd be a good WWE promoter, wouldn't you? I'd be great. I'd be great any type of promoter. You'd be I'm like a great promoter. Vince McMahon's old school chum. No, I would be. school Prince McMahon. You know that. <laughs> I take lessons from Fasca already. I've got no problems. Of course. All right, well, listen, we're about to start live on... Um, Can't wait for it. Enjoy the service, night. So uh, we'll catch up with you after the main fights tonight. Thanks. Top man, Barry. Cheers, mate. Bye. So thankfully, Nigel Benn's comeback fight against Saki Obika has been called off, cancelled. Nigel Benn has been suffering from shoulder injuries. I say injuries because he alluded to both, in, both shoulders in this particular video having cortisone injections in them to numb the pain. And there was a, a, a training video of Nigel Benn hitting the, the heavy bag which was uploaded to YouTube uh, several weeks ago. And a couple people posted it in my Facebook boxing group. And there was a few people, and I'm going to assume that there may be newer boxing fans or people who are not so familiar with Nigel Benn in his prime. And they saw Nigel Benn hitting the heavy bag and they said, wow, he looks quite good. Whereas I commented on that same post and I said, he looks absolutely terrible. Like it, it was shocking to me to see how awful Nigel Benn looked on the heavy bag. He looked like a guy who had just started boxing last week. His footwork was all over the place, and there was this weird way that he was throwing the punches. He seemed as though he didn't have the uh, ability to articulate his shoulders the way that he normally would because he was avoiding throwing hooks. And even this, the, the left hook that he was throwing was almost like a jab come left hook which was nothing like Nigel Benn when he was fighting, who would throw proper hooks. So now that he's come out and said that he's had these shoulder injuries, 
that have, that have caused him to pull out of the fight. It makes perfect sense because he, he the way he looked on the bag, he looked as though he was someone who was trying to avoid moving his arms in, in a particular way to throw correct hooks. Or maybe he can't. Maybe, you know, he's had surgery or whatever the case may be. And he can't articulate his arms like that anymore. I don't know what it is, but I, I just remember watching that footage of him in the heavy bag and commenting saying he looks absolutely awful. <laughs> it amazed me that there was people who thought he looked good on the heavy bag. Uh, some people say, well, he's a 55-year-old man and he looked good for a 55-year-old man on a heavy bag. Yeah, good for a 55-year-old man on a heavy bag who's never boxed before, maybe. <laughs> but for a guy like Nigel Benn, who's kept himself in shape ever since his retirement, I can assure you, I mean, Mike Tyson is around that age, right? Mike Tyson looks a hell of a lot better just doing a little bit of shadow boxing than Nigel Ben looks right now. And they're around the same age. Even Lennox Lewis, when he's having a little move around showing people what to do, he looks a hell of a lot better in terms of his technique and, and all that compared to that. Nigel Ben looked terrible. <laughs> I also commented on that post that this is going to end in disaster. Thankfully, I was wrong because the fight has is, is, uh, been cancelled now. So hopefully it won't end in, in disaster. Nigel Ben says he's handing over the reins to his son, Connor Ben, who's looking like a member of the, the Bloods right there. <laughs> the way he's dressed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad that Nigel Ben has decided to finally call it a day. Realizes that his body just can't do the things that it used to do. It was vanity. That was, you know, his ego, his vanity, his pride, which tricked him into thinking he could do things which he obviously can't. And his body told him, nah. So for me, it's a good thing because if he was going to come back against someone at this age, the only way that I wouldn't be deeply concerned is if he was coming back against someone of a similar age, like a Steve Collins. Um, Maybe a Roy Jones, although Roy Jones is going to be in better shape than Nigel Ben because Roy Jones didn't retire that long ago. But yeah, someone like a Steve Collins, maybe a Chris Eubank Sr. But to be fighting a Saki or Beaker, nah, man, that's very, very dangerous. So anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening, I'm out. There are two men in a fight. Wilder has to get through his fight first, injury-free, and even win. I think he should come through, but Luis Ortiz is a dangerous customer and is not to be overlooked or underestimated. For four or five rounds, he is one of the most dangerous fighters in the world, and he has a six-foot-four-inch southpaw who can punch hard. I have already got more American fans than Deontay Wilder. For whatever reason, Deontay Wilder is not popular in America, and people don't like him. He screams bomb squad a lot, and pretends to have a personality, but he really doesn't, and there is no depth to him. He has got no substance. He is a loud mouth and screams bomb squad, and that is it. Behind that, there is no intellect. He comes out with random things that don't make sense. I am a trash talker, but sometimes I struggle to put together what he is talking about. Those are the words of the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, talking about Wilder's upcoming rematch with Luis Ortiz, but also... Deontay Wilder's character in general and his popularity or lack thereof in his home country of the United States. Now, Fury 
as I've mentioned several times in recent videos, is doing his public profile a world of good by participating in the WWE, as well as other things he's got going on at the moment. And that will certainly help him at the negotiating table for the Wilder rematch by way of purse splits and all that kind of stuff. Maybe even pay-per-view splits. That'll help him. And it's a missed opportunity for Team Wilder not to have done something similar to what Tyson Fury has done, signing a WWE deal. Because as Fury says, Deontay Wilder is not popular in the United States. I mean, I've heard contradictory accounts from some American fans and you have to factor in any biases they may be there, any uh, you know feelings of patriotism. But some American fans says, say, yes, Fury is more popular than Wilder in America, but other people say they're about the same. I mean, even if they're about the same in terms of popularity in America, that is a damning indictment of Deontay Wilder's team and his, and his own ability, I guess, to self-promote, but more so his team, because they should be doing that job. It's a damning indictment that a guy who has only had, what, two fights ever in the United States as a professional, the Steve Cunningham fight, excuse me, not two fights, two fights up until the Wild, you know, including the Wilder fight, he had two more after that, so he's had four in total. But let's say four fights in the United States in his whole professional career, okay? The Cunningham fight, the Wilder fight, Wallen and Schwartz. Deontay Wilder's had, what, 42 fights and at least 40 of them or 39 of them have been in the United States. And he's American. And yet, Fury is just as popular as he is. That is a horrendous indictment on Deontay Wilder's team. Their ineptitude and inability to get this guy's popularity where it needs to be. So, yeah, as far as Tyson Fury saying that Deontay Wilder's got no depth to him, I absolutely agree. He's not a bright man. Tyson Fury is a bright man. I've had my fair share of criticisms of Tyson Fury and I'll continue to have my fair share of criticisms of him. He contradicts himself a lot. He tries to manipulate the public, particularly with this lineal thing and in many other ways as well. He's a manipulative individual, Tyson Fury, uh, when it comes to the way he conducts himself within the arena of boxing at least. But as manipulative and contradictory as he may be, he is a deep and complex character. Tyson Fury. There is substance there. I've heard him speak many times on subjects, you know, away from boxing and stuff like that. He is very bright and for him to come out and make these observations about Deontay Wilder really just backs up what I've been saying about the guy. There's no depth to him. He's not a very bright individual and he is being basically fleeced by his own team but he's not smart enough to figure it out. That's what's going on there with Deontay Wilder. But his team, in my view, Wilder, they're doing him a massive disservice, not just because of the fact that they're keeping him away from and have kept him away from some of the biggest fights in world boxing, if not the biggest fights. They've kept him away from those fights. Uh, they've kept him away for, from career high paydays on numerous occasions. But to add insult to injury, to throw salt in the wound, they're also doing a terrible job 
when it comes to promoting him in his home country? How can it be that Tyson Fury, a foreigner, can come in and only have four fights in America and be just as popular as Deontay, who's had, you know, 40 fights plus? Shocking stuff. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. It's happening. I'm out.